Hello and welcome to the NLCC Sermon Podcast. In a moment, we'll listen in on a message from our Sunday morning worship service. But first, if this is your first time tuning into NLCC, we would love for an opportunity to get to know you and walk with you in your faith journey. If you're interested in connecting with this church, head to our website, northliberty.cc, and hit the I'm New button or use the links in the description. Our goal is to help you experience the transformational power of God in your life. And we hope and pray that you find that in this message. We've been in a series called, Why Do We Do Things or Believe Things Around Here? And today we're going to be talking about why we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. A number of years ago when Phil Donahue was a thing, he had a Jewish rabbi and a Christian minister on his show and they were arguing with one another and the, the rabbi was getting angry with the Christian minister because he was saying that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, that Jesus is the only way to get to God. And uh, the audience started siding with the rabbi because they're thinking to themselves, how in the world can Christians uh, say that ours is the only way? How can we say that Jesus is the only way to God? And as much as people have lost good civil debate in this country when we disagree on anything, I don't have to stand up here and tell you what Tim Stewart thinks about Jesus Christ being the only way to God. He's already done that himself. All we have to do is open up his word and read it for ourselves. And if we believe that the the word of God, the Bible, is the infallible word of our God, as as we talked about as as we started this series, you'll see that Tim Stewart is just reiterating what Jesus already stated. As they say, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, God makes it very clear that there is only one way to him, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ, and we believe that here in this church, and that's why we teach that here in this church. Jesus even gives a very strong, politically incorrect statement in John chapter 14 when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when Jesus says, I am the way, that word for way is just another word uh, for saying road. I am the road to God. I am the way to God. I am the path to God. I am the, you know, the trail to God. And so as Christians, when we share that Jesus is the only way to God, it is biblically correct. And yet in our highly charged atmosphere today, it is politically incorrect to say, and the world will try to cancel you in a heartbeat for saying so. Church, What do you choose to do? What do you choose to believe? Trust God and his word and allow the world world to force you uh, to trust their wisdom. Will you hide and not say anything uh, for fear of someone calling you a name or trying to cancel you because you choose to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way? Now, we're we're gonna be looking at a few different ways people think that they can get to God and just have a little fun with some of the messages on these signs up here. And I'm going to try to do my best to help you understand uh, that the direction to God is so simple and that it is available to all who would follow his roadmap that even children at play will be able to comprehend what this message is about. In fact, it was Jesus himself who said, unless you come to me as little children, you will never inherit the kingdom of God. Unless we come to God with the innocence and the trust of a child, we will not get there according to the words of Jesus. And I wanna thank my grandkids for gathering these signs uh, for me. So on your way home, please be very careful. Uh, Pay attention. But the first sign we we look at uh, is the one that says merge. Lane ends merge, okay? We all kinda understand what that means. Uh, But I think uh, um, uh, most states now call it uh, zipper lane. 
And the first time that I ever came into experience with that was I was on my way to Joplin a couple years ago and it said, cautious zipper lane. I'm like, what the heck is a zipper lane? And in my head, I'm thinking it's going to look like a zipper, okay? And, and so I'm going through the construction all the way through it. And I'm still not getting it. Where's this zipper lane that they were talking about? Why do I have to be cautious? But a few days into Joplin, they had these signs everywhere, and it dawned on me, oh, my gosh. It's the same thing as saying caution. You know, uh, uh, merge, there's merging lane coming up here, so be careful with the other cars that are heading your way. And I just wish they would have put all that information on that one sign because I would have understood it a lot sooner. But anyway, you have two separate lanes coming together at the same place. And, and this is how many uh, see the way to God, that since there are so many different religions and faiths, it doesn't matter what one believes because they all have an equal claim on the truth. And, and, and the, 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 the worldview uh, for that is called pluralism. You probably heard it before, but this is, this is a politically way of saying that all religions, uh, all, all religious paths lead to God. As long as you sincerely believe it. This worldview would be like a smorgasbord, a spiritual smorgasbord, you know? I have a little bit of, a little bowl of Islam, I have a slice of Hindu, a, a side of Buddhism, a scoop of New Age, a, a little test of, a taste of Scientology with, a, you know, some Tom Cruise there, uh, topped off with some Christianity. And it doesn't matter what you choose because they all are tasty in their own right and they all lead to the same place. Now, according to the stats that are out there right now, 64% uh, of Americans say that when Christians and Buddhists and Muslims pray, they're all praying to the same God. No, they're not. Pay attention. Read the word. And we're going to learn a little more about that next week. Uh, but, but belief, uh, they say that, um, uh, that belief in God has dropped 6% since 2017 down to 81% today. Now, for me, I was shocked by that number because for me, that's a little too high. I thought it was going to be a lot lower than that. But 29% of the ones that are left over, they call themselves the nons, meaning that they believe uh, in, in uh, really nothing or anything, nothing in particular. It doesn't matter. Uh, even, in a, even a belief in, in, in a non-belief in God is still a belief in, in something. But if it's true that all faiths eventually merge together and they are all talking about Yahweh, Jehovah God, yet for some reason God has given each one of these different religious groups different messages. And if, if their argument is truth, then God is a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's a schizophrenic. And, and here's why. God tells Muhammad that everyone needs to take a pilgrimage to Mecca. But then he tells Christians that it doesn't matter where one worships. God tells Christians that it's okay to eat meat, but he tells the Hindus that eating meat is immoral. Uh, God tells some religions that it's okay for men to dominate women, but God teaches uh, in the New Testament uh, for believers that we are supposed to, to put each other's needs ahead of oneself, that the husband is supposed to love his wife above himself, even as Christ loved the church. And, and God tells some religions that slavery is okay, but God tells, uh, uh, teaches in the New Testament that Christians are taught that, that it is wrong to treat anyone as less than oneself. God tells some religions that when we die, that's it. Nothing more to see here. Or, or that death is just a state of being such as nirvana and reincarnation and new age and purgatory. But God teaches in the New Testament uh, about eternity in heaven with him. And Paul writes about a very simple statement. He says, to be absent from the physical body is to be present with the Lord. That's what God's word teaches, and that's what I believe. 
When, when you read what the Bible teaches about death and what these other religions teach about death, they are completely different, that God is speaking out of both sides of his mouth. And, and there are a ton of illustrations like this. So how can, how can we say people are merging in the, into the same place? Because they're not. But there's another worldview that goes along with that, and it's this philosophy that says that uh, you have to work your way into heaven. You have to work hard, uh, and that's the only way you're going to get to God. And the, the sad reality is that even uh, some of uh, our restoration churches teach that or used to teach that, but God teaches that we prepare people for works of service. That's what it's about. This life called the Christianity is all about serving one another. And that's what Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. And yet, for some reason, we think that's how we get into heaven. That's not what Jesus was teaching. I, 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 it, it, I, I couldn't find any of the old signs that said men working. Remember those old signs? And you're not going to find them anymore. You know why you're not going to find them anymore? Because it's politically incorrect to say. So now they have workers. Okay, so that's why you don't see that out there anymore. Um, but for some, uh, some people, it's offensive to say anything that sounds male-dominant. Some religions teach you that the way to God is by working uh, uh, hard on this road called life. And the more we accomplish, the better chance that we have uh, to get into heaven with God. It's all about what we do. Even though some of the, the, the restoration churches teach that, uh, that you earn your way to heaven, most Christian churches are different from other religious, major religions, uh, because we don't teach that you have to do anything to get into heaven. Because Jesus Christ has already done that for us. That Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins and through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And as you, uh, as you well know, there are, uh, uh, there are uh, conditions in receiving a gift, right? It's a very simple thing. You just have to receive it. That's what the gospel is here. Uh, someone once said, we can use the words do and done to separate Christianity from every other world religion. Every other religion says we have to do it, but Christianity says Jesus has done for us what we could never do for ourselves. And I like that. Some religious groups say that in order to get to God, you have to pray five times a day and give alms and, and use a, the prayer wheel or pray, pray, uh, pay, pray the prayer sinner, uh, observe uh, or pray the sinner's prayer, observe the Sabbath, eat only certain kinds of food, address a certain way, have a, a certain kind of haircut, and it is only in that that you can ever have a chance of getting to God. And, and, doing, and even if you do all of those, those, those things, you still may not get to God. But the Bible teaches that we are saved not by what we do, but by faith in what Jesus has done for us. And here's an illustration of that from the Buddhist belief system. They share a very similar story about the prodigal son that we share in Luke chapter 15. They both begin with a son who demands his inheritance and he takes off to start his new life. Both stories talk about this kid. He spends all of his money on his wild living. Eventually he loses everything and his life is falling apart. Both say that the son knew that it was better for him to go back home, to live on the family ranch. And, and this is where the story begins to change here. Uh, God says in the Bible that the son worked kind of on a testimony to be able to go back to his dad and if you read Matthew or Luke chapter 15 18 through 19 it says dad I've sinned against heaven and against you I am no longer worthy to be called your son but make me like one of your servants and then the story says that that the man the, 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 the dad saw his son from a distance and his son the dad ran to his son 
And he ran out there and he embraced him and he kissed him and he loved him and he's like, oh, we gotta throw a party. You know, he says, let's, let's have this celebration. My son was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he is alive again. Get, you know, brother, get, get your, your brother his, his signet ring, his robe, his sandals. Let's do something, let's celebrate. But in the Buddhist story, the son comes home, he makes arrangements with his dad, and he ends up spending many of years as a slave, shoveling manure from on the, on the ranch, uh, regaining favor with both his dad and family. And after this long period of proving, he is reinstated as one of his sons. And as you can see, the stories are different at the end. The, the apostle Paul says to young Titus, God saved us. It is not, uh, not because of any good works we have done, but because of his mercy that he saved us. Because of God's mercy. Salvation is not about trying really hard to get into er uh, heaven by earning favor with God. If that be the case, since the Bible says that we have all sinned, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God every day of our lives, none of us are going to make it. Salvation comes by trusting God's son through faith and following his roadmap that we find our way to God. And that's called grace. It's kind of like the sign over here where it says reserved parking. You see the handicapped sign? You see it everywhere now. And uh, honestly, I think it's over abused. Um, but uh, I'm just a dad of a handicapped child and I don't know about that stuff. But uh, um, you have, a, you, have, you, you have to have a permit, if you will. It, it, it takes, it, the conditional condition is that faith and trust following Jesus' steps gets you this free permit. Anybody can get one, but don't think that you can use another way or lie your way to one. It's, it eventually will catch up. A few weeks ago, I went to Sam's Club, and I was on my way in, and I started to see something, it was, it was unfolding right before my eyes, and I, I stopped just to watch what was gonna happen. And uh, there was this lady, she come out of the uh, Sam's Club, she had this big old cart full of all these bundled, you know, pa uh, paper towels and water and, and just all kinds of stuff. And she's throwing them in her trunk in the back seat and the front seat. And she's walking around the car with, with her cell phone. Uh, the problem is that she's parked in a handicapped spot. And there was a guy that was following her. And he stopped right behind her, watched her do the whole thing. And I'm a few cars away watching this. And he starts asking her, hey, where's your disability? He called her out. Where's your disability? Where's your handicap tag? And they got in a big old fight. And he started screaming things to her in Spanish. I didn't know exactly what he was saying, but I knew it wasn't good Spanish, if you know what I mean. Um, and, and you could just tell that some cuss words were being thrown. And I don't know if she understood what he was saying, but she basically thought she deserved that she was entitled you know how many times I wanted to have those conversations with people? Just because you're a good person doesn't mean anything. It's because of Jesus Christ that you get into heaven and nothing more. Make sure that you have the proper permit, which is free. And understand that it costs Jesus his life. Now, for me, having a biblical worldview, the best sign to describe where most people uh, are these days uh, is, the, is the dead end right here or the wrong way. And, and you know how hard it is just to tell people that? And, and believe me, I know by saying that it will trigger some people who, and it's not going to be popular and it's, gonna be, and it's not going to be politically correct, but in that, in the word of God, I don't care. I will stand on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care what people call me. As long as we are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, they can call me any name in the book and I'm not gonna be upset about it because I will just call that as a, I'll carry that as a badge of honor. 
okay? If someone is going down a wrong uh, street the wrong way, you're not going to sit there, right? And, oh, I'm just, this is so refreshing to see somebody going down the wrong road. I am so glad that somebody finally, finally did this. I wonder how many people they're going to hurt today, but it's none of my business. You're not going to do that. You're going to flash your lights. You're going to honk your horn. You're going to scream out the window while frantically waving your arms trying to stop the person going the wrong way. You might even give them a one-way sign to heaven. Uh, But you're doing everything in your power to communicate with the person that they are on a way to destruction or about to harm someone else. But let me warn you, there is coming a time in our culture that if someone decides that they want to drive down the wrong side of the road, they're going to be allowed to do that. They might identify as a wrong way person. And there's not a thing we're going to be able to do about it. We, we, we have become so self-absorbed that we think we can do whatever we want, whenever we want, believe that there are no moral absolutes or truth, and cancel anybody who disagrees with us. This last week, uh, I'm not going to, you guys can go to the site and find it yourself, but just look up, and it's, this came from a professional therapist. Maybe some of you heard it. And I was watching her video, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. But, it's, it's, but she was basically saying there are people who identify with minor attracted people. Watch it yourself. I'm not going to go any further than that. Watch it yourself. And this is the road that this country, our world, is heading towards. There are no, no, no right and wrongs anymore. Jesus is the only right. He's the only way. To tell someone they're going the wrong way is not acceptable unless they're the one telling you you're going the wrong way. That's okay. I, I respect a person who can, uh, who can bravely speak truth and love knowing that somebody's going to go nuts on them or get angry with them. Matt, Matt Flournoy, uh, he was on his way up into Michigan to a mountain bike and trail development convention up there somewhere. And as he was driving on I-75, you know, Faye called him and, and said, hey, you know, she was pretty frantic and say, you know, Matthew, be really careful. I, I just heard that on the news that there is a car um, heading the wrong way on I-75, and, uh, uh, and, and he says, Matt responds, it's, it's not just one car, babe, it's hundreds of them. Okay, so you got that one, didn't you? I thought it was going to be silence. <laughs> it's difficult to tell people that they are going in the wrong direction. Because people don't think they're going in the wrong direction. That's why they're going in that direction. And when we tell people they're heading the wrong way spiritually, they get defensive as if you are attacking them. And I know in America, under our Constitution, we believe whatever, we can believe whatever we, we want to believe. Uh, that's the freedom that you and I have. You have the freedom to be wrong. For me to say that there may be, that my way is the right way and yours is the wrong way, in our culture today, would call, they would be calling me a bigot and they would try to cancel me. And I guarantee you it's going to start happening within the churches. Patrick Henry, if you recall, a founding father, said this in 1776. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here it is. For that reason alone, people of other faiths have been afforded freedom of worship here. Because of the founding of this country under the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can't forget that. It's interesting forethought that somebody would write that in 1776. 
and how well it applies today. While our Constitution protects opinions, people are buying into this idea that not only are all religions equally protected, but also they are equally true. They are equally protected, that is true, but they're not equally true. There is no way for that to be correct. All the, all the different uh, ways uh, that, uh, that are taught that lead to God can't equally be true. There's no way. As Spock would say, it, uh, it's, that's illogical. It doesn't make any sense. All religions would have to be wrong, or one would have to be right, and the rest would have to be wrong, and here's why. They each have competing uh, mutually exclusive claims, right? Truth by definition uh, excludes that which it contradicts it. And all other religions contradict Christianity, contradict the word of God. In today's atmosphere, for me to say that my way is the only way and someone else's way is wrong would get me labeled uh, as intolerant, which we hear a lot these days, and I would be called everything else vulgar under the sun. There's a, a song that came out uh, four weeks ago by Tom McDonald called Names. Uh, I would encourage you to get on YouTube and watch that. It takes you kind of back to your childhood and some of the things that he says in there. Uh, but through it all, he, he says three or four times in some of the, the choruses, get to know your Lord. And all this stuff goes away. Get to know God. Watch some of the, the reaction videos afterwards. But let me, let me focus on this word tolerance. Because this word actually has two meanings in, in our culture today. The traditional tolerance says that I can value and accept somebody even without agreeing with their beliefs or behaviors. Jesus demonstrated that throughout his whole ministry. Jesus was a Jewish man, but he spoke freely and, and respectfully to a Samaritan woman. He ate with all the tax collectors. He touched the lepers. He healed the daughter of a Gentile woman, and he stood beside a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. But Jesus never sacrificed uh, truth uh, for, uh, for tolerance. And when he, when he, when he talked to the, the woman caught in the act of adultery, he says, where are your accusers? And she says, they're, they're not here anymore. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. But that wasn't the end of his conversation with her. He says, I'm not going to condemn you, but go and leave your life of sin. That's how Jesus handled it. He wasn't condoning. He was condemning how it was being handled by these pharisaical hypocrisy, uh, hypocrites. Jesus balanced uncompromising truth with unconditional love. That's the tolerance that we need more of in this country. The new meaning for tolerance is that every individual's beliefs and values and, and, and reactions and lifestyles are equally valid and all truth is relative. And because of that logic, uh, identities and, and words have been redefined. Uh, it is whatever you feel it is. Disagreement is now labeled as hate speech. When I tell someone that I am right and they are on the wrong path, it is going to bring some pretty strong emotions and heated accusations. I have never understood, nor will I ever understand why some believe that if you disagree with them, that you become their mortal enemy, and they hate you and try to cancel you from, from existence. I mean, do, do we understand how serious and childish and ungodly uh, and immature that is? People hate on others because of different ways of doing things? Look at, look at the stupid fights spouses have or lifelong friends get into because one or the other thinks something should be done a certain way and the other one doesn't. They won't talk to each other for days or weeks or even years. Yeah, that's God honoring. I don't understand why a boyfriend, I never, even when I was in grade school, I never understood why a boyfriend, girlfriend, when they break up, they have to become mortal enemies. I don't get it. So you don't want to be with that girlfriend, boyfriend anymore. You want to move on. That's growing up. 
those relationships, unless there's abuse taking place, then I get it. But those relationships and, and experiences in life are to help us mature and become better men and women of God, not divide us. As Christians, we have always been reminded that this world is not a battlefield, that this world is a mission field. And, and yes, uh, we, we are in a spiritual battle with, with the spiritual forces of evil, meaning Satan himself. Satan is our enemy, not flesh and blood. And sometimes if we are not careful, we will start to think that people uh, that are going in the opposite way who disagree with us should be looked upon as the enemy. And if we're not careful, uh, we will start to think of ourselves as the good guy and they will always be the bad guy because they disagree with us. That is not what the scriptures teaches, okay? Uh, Peter says this, in your hearts, Set Christ apart as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. Do this with gentleness and respect. We, we can gracefully tell someone they are heading in the wrong direction without being hateful and divisive about it. But if you don't speak with truth uh, in love, we will lose our chance to be heard by the very people we're trying to help. Sometimes the most loving thing that we can do is disagree with someone and tell them that they're about to, to get hurt or harm other people. And an example of this would be, uh, a re, in a redefined word, is the word gospel. You understand that that word gospel now is described as discriminatory and it leaves people out exposing us as religious bigots and guilty of spiritual discrimination. That's why kids in, in schools and they're not allowed to say Jesus loves me or loves you on their lunch boxes or, or artwork and high school students are told that they can't use Jesus in a graduation prayer or have after a Bible cl school Bible clubs unless they remove the words uh, Bible or, or Jesus from their club. Uh, our culture tell, today tells us that the politically correct thing to do is to watch and let everybody go their own way and just say, I'll live and let, live, and let uh, live, okay? The most loving thing that we can do is just kind of look the other way. That is not showing love to anyone because love cannot ignore the truth. Josh McDowell, in one of his books called The New, the New Tolerance, he says this, tolerance says you must approve what I do, but love uh, says I must do something harder, I must love you even though your behavior and beliefs offend me. Tolerance says you must agree with what I say, but love says I must do something harder. I must tell you the truth because I believe the truth will set you free. Tolerance allows one to go their own way, but love says one must do something harder. I must help you face the right direction because I believe you are worth the risk. And people are worth the risk. God's got your back, somebody would always tell me. God's got your back. It is difficult to tell people in this, in this day that they're going the wrong way. But if it's true that there is only one way to God through Jesus Christ, then we have to speak up, church. Tolerance seeks to be inoffensive, but love will risk it because it cares. It loves. With everything that's been said today, the only conclusion is this. The, the, the only sign up here that speaks the truth on how one can get to God is the one that says one way. Because Jesus said it, right? In John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, 
No one gets to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. That is what the infallible word of God says. This isn't something that Tim Stewart came up on his, uh, on his own or the North Liberty Church of Christ. This is what we teach, though, because we believe that God is truth. And I don't know if you have ever watched or, or sat in on a debate uh, uh, where, where the subject is about different religions and, and how people got to where they're at, you know, and there's a lot of different levels, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a scary thing to do. It's a scary thing to be part of. Everyone sits there sharing their beliefs, um, but the moment a Christian speaks of, of their belief about Jesus Christ, they're mocked, they're shouted over, and they call, they're called every name in the book. But the church cannot be silent. We have got to be sharing the good news, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the only one. Somebody's going to speak up and yell in your face, I cannot believe you just said that. I, I, I used to be a Christian. I'm not anymore because of the way you guys believe that everybody else is wrong or what gives you the right to, to say that yours is the only way. Or, I, well, I'm sorry, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Or, or, or you're, you're nothing more than a bigot and a racist and a homophobe and a misogynist and a xenophobe and now a transphobe. And I'm going to tell you next year there's going to be another word and next year after that there's going to be something else labeled that as count on it and what's the body of Christ going to do about it I'm not saying get in people's face but I'm saying show them show them teach them the love of Christ and that's what changes hearts when they see how you love God and how you love them things begin to happen Peter said in, in Acts chapter 4 salvation is found in no one else salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which men must be saved if god's word is true then uh, i would uh, i would have to say that it's not narrow-minded uh because it is based on the truth and it's based on evidence it's never narrow-minded or intolerant to make a decision based on the truth of god's word and so don't be surprised when people oppose the truth and call you names in our world today remember what jesus who said in matthew chapter 10 all men will hate you because of me he says in john 15 keep in mind that the world hated me first Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthian church, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jew and an offense or foolishness to the Gentiles. And here's why God warns us of this. Isaiah chapter 5. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. And we are living in this reality right now and it runs deep within our culture today. And what's the church going to do about it? Are we going to stand up for the truth? Are we going to let them in a loving, truthful, gracious, graceful way understand who our Savior is? Or are we going to stand in their face and say, God hates you, because that ain't going to work. You fall right into Satan's game there. You fall right into his trap. When Jennifer was born, she uh, quickly developed jaundice. And uh, jaundice is a, a disorder, a liver disorder that causes, you know, the whites of the eyes and the skin to kind of turn yellow. And the doctor explained to Terry and I um, that something had to be done about it. If not, you know, something worse could happen, but there was a pretty simple cure. And he shared with us that the, the simple cure was that all we had to do is put Jennifer under some lights and the skin would absorb that light and, and, and stimulate the liver to function properly. And so what if Terry and I said to the doctor, you know, putting our daughter under a fluorescent light is just too simple. You know, it doesn't make any sense. How about if we just scrub Jennifer a little harder? Maybe dip her in some cleaning solution, maybe a little bleach, maybe again scrub her a little more. Maybe, that will, maybe that'll work. Or the doctor would have to tell us, you don't understand, there's only one cure for jaundice. She has to be exposed to the light. 
And now Terry and I could again say, you know, doctor, uh, we, we want other options. Give us some more options. We don't like this one. Can we just pretend that uh, everything is okay? Because if we sincerely believe that everything's okay, that Jennifer's supposed to have jaundice, then everything's going to be okay as long as we sincerely believe it, right? If the doctor's worth his salt, he's going to tell us the truth. He's going to say, Mr. and Mrs. Stewart, you, you, could be, you can sincerely believe uh, what you want to believe, but you're going to be sincerely wrong. There's only one way to cure this. There's only one way. And so, uh, so would it be intolerant or narrow-minded for Terry and I to say that we're going to choose the only way to cure our daughter from jaundice? No. It's never narrow-minded to act on the truth, but too many people won't. And you know why they won't? Because they have to admit that they're wrong. Church, the truth is we all have this problem called sin. And the only fix is the blood of Jesus Christ. We can trust him because he is the only one who has, you know, the right degrees hanging on his wall. Uh, he has, you know, fulfilled all of the prophecies, worked amazing miracles, lived a sinless life, uh, died a, an atoning death, and rose from the grave for you and I. And we, because of those things, we can trust that what he's saying is the truth. Now, we, we might think that we can scrub really hard the sin out of our lives uh, and work really hard to get to heaven, but it's not going to work. We, we could wish all we want that there is another way, but there's not. We, we could try as hard as we want to believe we, we don't have a sin issue in our lives, but we'd be, we'd be lying to ourselves. We would be wrong on all accounts. Paul says in Romans chapter 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means none of us are good enough. None of us in this room, none of us watching online, none of us are good enough. There is no room for pride and prejudice or hypocrisy because we have all fallen short of the glory of God. But Paul goes on, he says, we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. We haven't done anything. It is through faith in Christ and his blood that frees us. Jesus said in, in John chapter 6, I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Church, if there were another way, uh, if, if there was a, some plan B, then, then God would be a fool for sending his son Jesus to die on a cross. And Jesus would be a fool for uh, accepting that death to go through that suffering that he didn't need to. If there were another way, don't you think that God would have provided that other way? He would have communicated to us rather than sending his only begotten son to suffer for us? If you remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane there in Matthew 26, Jesus knew what was about to happen to him, but listen to what he says. Father, if there is any other way, if there's any other way, get me out of this. If there is some other way uh, that we can save uh, all of mankind, let it happen. Let this cup pass from me. And you know God's answer to that, don't you? No, son, there's no other way. And that's why Jesus was nailed to a cross. Church family, Christianity is not arrogant or intolerant because it's not based on what we have done. Paul shares that in Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can brag. None of us have bragging rights. If we're going to brag about anybody, we're going to brag about what Jesus did for us. Jesus is not exclusive, but he is the only way. The offer of salvation is for everyone. Everyone has an opportunity, a choice to do an about-face U-turn and receive the free permit, if, if you will, uh, in Jesus Christ. That's the only way you get one. 
Someone once said the most offensive aspect of the 21st century Christianity is its exclusiveness. Do not confuse the church of our Lord Jesus Christ with some country club. Don't do it. Jesus' invitation is open to everyone. Anyone can become part of this church family, the, the, the kingdom of God, and his work by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Anyone can accept the invitation. And that's, the, that's what we've got to share. When we talk about matters of life and death, the only right thing to do is make sure that everybody's been invited to the party, right? That is exactly what Jesus did. It doesn't matter what, you, what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what your story is or where you were born. It doesn't matter what your heritage is. What, what matters is everyone can come to the Father through Jesus Christ. Peter again writes, Christ died for sins once and for all. The righteousness for the unrighteous to bring you and I and the world to God. I'm guessing that there are still going to be some people out there who think this is unfair and it's intolerant to say such things, that there's only one way to God. But instead of asking why is there only one way, maybe we need to start a different conversation. Why is there any way offered at all? Why is there an offer of this invitation to everyone? Instead of complaining about the directions, let's just be glad we got the invitation. And maybe, maybe the road that you're traveling on right now isn't uh, the right way, you know, but a dead-end road, the wrong way, and you've just finally decided to make a U-turn and head the, the one way that gets you to God. And, and if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, church, uh, if you want to start traveling down his road, you have an opportunity 24-7. It can be on a Sunday morning, any Sunday morning. It can be any day of the week. I just ask that after midnight, call the younger staff. You can do that anytime you want. Nobody's stopping you. The only person that's stopping you is you and your pride and Satan himself. Don't let it happen. I, I know we've been through, uh, through hell and back uh, this past few years, but God is letting us know that he is still present and, and faithful here. We've had a number of baptisms over the past number of weeks, and it's time for the church to focus on the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, and start sharing with the world around us that Jesus is the only way. If you want to get out of that funk that everybody's in throughout this world, even within our own body, even within our own homes, then how about we focus on Jesus? How about we start sharing the story, the good news of our Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is the only way that will get us through. If you found value in this message, then we want to encourage you to subscribe to this channel. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, then please share it with them. NLCC has another podcast called The Other Six, where we discuss what it looks like to have an everyday faith on the other six days of the week. You can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts, or there's a video version on our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening in and participating with us. We look forward to doing this again with you next week.